Thank you for tuning in to the Once an Athlete podcast hosted by Emily Watson, Once an Athlete, Always an Athlete. Once an Athlete provides resources and relatable content for athletes that are either competing or no longer competes. This is also a resource for parents of athletes to help know how to support them. Anywhere from how to stay healthy physically and mentally to how to make a career choice, we will provide the support. Our mission is to provide resources and relatable content for athletes who compete or used to compete. Okay, I have Erin Miller Thiessen here. Um, she played softball at the University of Oklahoma. She graduated in 2016 with her degree in visual communications. Um, she's a two-time national champion. She was All-American and Big 12 Player of the Year. Uh, she's currently an ESPN analyst, a Sooner Sports Manager of Business Development, a Cycle Bar Tulsa instructor, and she is married to Hunter Thiessen. So thank you for being here. Of course. I'm happy to be here. Happy to join you. Awesome. Um, so w- has softball been the only sport that you've played? Um, I played quite a, a few different sports growing up. Um, I tried to play basketball, wasn't a very good dribbler, so that did not last long for me. <laughs> um, was a pretty good golfer, and it wasn't up until I'd say about my freshman year that I started to figure out that I was I was pretty damn good at this softball thing. And so gave up all the other sports to really dig my heels in um, and take softball seriously and see if I could make a career out of it. So that's about the time I, I buckled down was my freshman year of high school. Okay, awesome. Um, so I... Um, I know that you have a story behind your number 48. So can you mm-hmm. talk about that? Yeah. So I, I grew up, um, you know, discovering the sport of softball really came through a relationship with my best friend, Caitlin. Um, and so growing up, we were the smallest ones on the team. We were the runts of the roster as what we kind of called ourselves, the coach's daughters. But even then, even with all the daddy ball going on, we, we never really saw the field. Um, we were just awful, if I'm being honest. So <laughs> we, we kind of created a bond over that young. It, the fact that we were the smallest, not the greatest on the team, but had this fantastic friendship. And, um, you know, once we both figured out that, okay, we're, we're going to hit our growth spurt. We're, we're getting better at this softball thing. Um, we, we really created an inseparable bond from the first team we were on all the way up through graduating high school. And she was number eight. I was number four through high school. And, um, when we started getting recruited, she ended up going to play softball at Florida state and the number eight was taken. And I ended up going to play at the university of Oklahoma and the number four was taken. And so we decided to combine our numbers to 48. Um, and since then that has been, that's been home for us is number 48. We've really held that number close and it's, it's connected us through the years. And anytime we see the number 48, we're always taking pictures and sending it to each other. And it really does represent kind of our, our, our bond and our friendship and connection through softball over the years. So it's very special. Oh, I love that. And Caitlin is, um, one of my good friends and every time, um, we got to, you guys got to play against each other. It was like, always like 48 against 48. Oh yeah. All the photos of us. And that's, I love that connection too. Cause that's part of her journey is, um, you know, trans she transferred from Florida state over to Tulsa and kept that number. And so it's, 
it has connected us throughout all the different chapters of, of life and all the different teams we've played for. It's, it's been a good reminder of our bond. Yes. I love that. And um, like, I just remember going in and we were all like 48. That's so random. Like, why did you choose that? <laughs> What's and the then story? When she it, it made so much sense. So yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, so while you were playing at OU, did you face any injuries or setbacks? You know, I, uh, I had a couple, most, most of my sophomore and junior year, I really struggled with a lot of feet issues. Oddly enough, um, I have a very high arch. And so being in metal cleats for, as you know, Emily, it's like, how many hours a day are we in those metal spikes? Um, a lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. And so I was constantly dealing with arch pain and ended up having plantar fasciitis for two years before my, my plantar tendon actually tore in my foot. And I know you're probably hearing that going, oh my God, that had to have been so painful. But honestly, when it tore, I had immediate relief because that, that tension in that tendon of my arch finally subsided. And so finally got some relief after that. Oh my God. Uh, I know it's the craziest dang <laughs> okay. thing, but um, I would not wish that pain, plantar fasciitis. I wouldn't wish that pain on my worst enemy. It is so painful. And the only thing you can do is get off your feet. Well, as an athlete, that is damn near impossible. So had yeah. to play through a lot of pain um, with that injury, battled it for at least two and a half seasons. And then my senior year uh, really struggled with a lot of back pain. I had spondy and l4 and l5 which is like hairline fractures and again that's another one of those inner injuries that just requires you to rest and to chill and not be so active and in my senior season i think we've all kind of if you're an athlete you know you know what crossing that bridge is like if you've dealt with injury and that's that's making a hard choice in your final season of okay, do I, do I bite the bullet and rest or, or do I just fight through the pain and, um, and try and make the most of my, my last season. And that's kind of what I did. I, I really just pushed it all the way to the edge and ended up winning a national championship that year, but really did a number on my back. So since then I've, I've had to take very good care of recovery and stretching and rest and, um, yeah, injury is not, not for the week. I, I wouldn't wish it upon any athlete cause it's, even more than a mental journey or a physical journey, it's, it's a mental journey and a battle. So. Yeah. That sounds like, um, a really tough thing to go through. Yeah. It, it wasn't easy, but I can tell you it's, uh, it's forced me to really listen to my body and get in tune to what I need. Not, not just the, the quote unquote tough mental toughness, but really trying to understand what, what makes sense for the long haul. Um, cause sometimes pushing through stuff isn't always the best decision. So it's really made me more aware. I think. Are you glad you pushed through though? Yeah. I mean, I senior season that that was a hell of a ride. Um, we were not poised to win that thing and we ended up winning it all. And I have no regrets, none at all. And I think had I had a career, you know, playing professionally or something after maybe, you know, maybe would have handled some things differently, but in that instance, I, I had nothing else to lose. It was, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, leave it all until the last pitch. And so that's what I did, but yeah. I don't regret it at all. That's passion. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the transition out of playing softball like for you? And what did you do in your free time? 
You know, out, outside of softball, I was you know super creative and very artistic. That's what my background is in, although I don't really do much with it now outside of just personal hobbies. But um, I really tried to lean into things that interested me. And, you know, I think the, the biggest struggle coming out of college as an athlete is you have every second of your day planned and you know where you need to be at what time you got to be at weights at 5:30 in the morning. And then from 5:30 to eight, you're lifting and running. Then you've got class until one. And then you practice from two to six. And then you've got tutoring and you go home and you do it all over again. I mean, you, you have this regimented schedule and every moment of your day is, is planned. And so outside of softball, when you hang your cleats up, it's this initial shock of like, what the hell, what am I doing? You know, you, you have no North star at that point, right? Yeah. yeah. You're just trying to, to figure out how to create a new routine, a new structure. And, um, you go from this super rigid life that has all these guardrails to then, you know, the floodgates open and, you're not under NCAA restriction anymore and you don't have a coach telling you what to do and you don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. And so I really had to kind of reinvent the wheel for myself and reinvent my life. And um, it was a journey. I mean, I'd be I'd be lying to you if I said it was easy. And I think just in the nature of our world right now and looking at all the the tragedies within sports and, and the the mental toll that athletes go through it it really came to fruition for me when I stopped playing um because I struggled to separate that identity of I'm I'm not an athlete I'm more than an athlete and now I really have to do the inner work of figuring out who that Aaron is and who that woman is and um it wasn't easy I mean I think it required a lot of self-reflection and figuring out what was next for me and Really, that came in the form of just curiosity. What piques my interest? I, I started to really get into group fitness. That's where my love of cycle bar came in. I later became an instructor. Um, but I started to, to try and find new communities. And group fitness kind of scratched that itch for me. Um, like I said, I'm very creative. So I love music. I loved to paint and draw and do art and try and express my creativity that way. Uh, uh, right out of college, my first gig, I was a uh, creative director at a, a local marketing agency, creative agency here. And, um, you know, working full time at that agency, uh, I was also working with ESPN. So right out of college, I had I had gotten a, a call from ESPN to to try out television after having a, a ton of on-camera interviews during the women's college world series. And so they threw me in a booth and as, as a deer in headlights, um, I tried to kind of navigate those, those waters having never had formal training in television. So I was drinking out of a water hose, I think is the best way a fire hose, I guess is the best way to put it after graduation is figuring out who I was you know, and, and trying to understand how my life was going to unfold after hanging up the cleats. And I'm sure in your interviews, Emily, you've, you've heard a ton of different stories that that journey is not easy and it requires turning over a lot of stones to figure out who you are and what you're interested in. I'm still doing it. I'm still peeling back the layers, I think, of, of who I am outside of, a, you know, putting on a jersey. 
Right. Yeah. Um, because like you said, like everything you do in college sports, even though you're so-called a student athlete, like everything revolves around the sport. Yeah. Every single, like to the second, like everything that is scheduled is for softball. Right. Uh, and, and no pun intended, like that's home base. And yeah. so when you lose home base, it's very hard to know where to go and what to do. And at that point, you're just kind of shooting from the hip. And that's a very um, humbling feeling to start from square one because in my case, I was at the pinnacle. I mean, I was playing for a national title. It was, you know, the biggest stage of college softball. And then the lights go out and you've got to figure out what's next. And all of a sudden, you're at, you're at the starting line. You're no longer at the finish line of your career you're starting at the starting line and you don't know which direction you're running. And that's a terrifying feeling. Um, and one that I think a lot of athletes experience. Right. And I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I was, you know, approaching the end of my senior season, I had all these people asking me, so what's next? And I would be like, well, I'm just trying to get through this season. Like I want to get the far furthest I can in the season. And then like softball was my main focus. Uh, Yeah. And then when it came to what what's next, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, and I, that's also the the kind of double-edged sword of, you know, choosing a degree path um, has, gosh, that was a conundrum in and of itself for me to figure out where I, I fell as far as what I wanted to study. And there's this assumption that, oh, my God, you've you know, you've got you've to cling to your degree and apply your degree. Well, in retrospect... I think that I realized that it, the degree was a means to an end, right? It was a vehicle for me to play my sport and go to an incredible university and get higher education. Um, but really, the intangible skills that I've most applied as a, a young professional as a, and as a woman working in sports is the ability to perform under pressure. I don't care what situation you can put me in. I don't care what industry I'm working in the team I'm on, the boss I have, if you apply pressure to me and there is a deadline or there's something that needs to be delivered, I, I would bet you on my life, there's not one person better than myself that can get that job done. And that comes from sport. That confidence comes from sport. Um, even you as a pitcher, like you, you know what that pressure feels like with bases loaded and full count. You've got, you know, a Lauren Chamberlain facing you like that. That is pressure that very few humans understand. And we had the pleasure of feeling it and living through it and executing under that pressure. And I have held on to that experience and um, those reps and I apply them every day. And so outside of my degree, like those are the things I really hang my hat on. Um, and that, that I think is what athletes, that's the advantage that we have is, is just a, that's just one example of some of the skill sets that we apply. And that's a huge thing too. And, you know, I may have walked the bases loaded, but Hey, I can <laughs> still get it. I can still get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's uh, it's yeah. a journey. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like there's a lot more than just all these adjectives that go into what you learn from sport. It's really a lot of life lessons that, Mm -hmm. um, everything from playing college sports. Yeah. So with your talk about your degree about visual 
communications. Do you feel like you would have done a different degree if you weren't a student athlete? You know, I, I, uh, I don't think so. Um, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I look at what I do now. I work in television. I've been with ESPN for six years and that I really did stumble into that. I kind of tripped, tripped and fell into that role. Um, so hindsight, I'd go, oh yeah, I need to go back and if I could do it all over, I'd get a degree in journalism and television. But, but I, I understand the role that my degree really played in my, my life during those four years. It was a, an art focused degree program. I had a, a lot of creative studio courses. I was always getting my hands dirty. Um, and so I think in, the, in those four years, I really needed that. And I think it was divine for me to have, have kind of chosen that path during those four years. It was very much a creative escape um, in a high pressure world that demanded a lot from me physically and emotionally. It was the it was the one thing that I found solace in, I think, in those four years is that I could pick up a computer and create something digitally or a lot of my courses in the art college were, were getting my hands dirty and, and creating and making. And that was m- very meaningful for, for my mental state, I think, in those four years. So, no, I, I don't think, you know, knowing what I do now, would it have been more productive for me to have a degree in TV and media? Sure. But during those four years, I think my degree really served a greater purpose. And that was that was providing a creative escape. So um, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, at the, at the end of the day, that's the degree that was best for you. And it like it's a blessing in disguise. Like, yeah. You- you may not have chose that if you weren't a student athlete, but it's the best thing for you. Yeah. In that moment, it, it definitely yeah. served a, a large purpose in that, that chapter of my life. Yeah. So did you ever consider being a full-time or team coach? Oh, goodness. I think uh, every athlete probably has that thought at one point. Um, like, okay, well, I'm done playing. Do I coach? I think that's a that's yeah. kind of a default um, thought that we all have is, well, if I don't know where to go next, I'll just get my grad degree and get my master's and be a grad assistant. And maybe I want to coach. Um, that was not a thought that lasted long for me. Uh, if I'm being honest, I I think that I, I was blessed to have played for one of the best coaches in the nation. And I, not that I'm biased at all, but she truly is, Coach Gasso, Patty Gasso, is one of the best to do it. She's a Hall of Famer, um, just a true legend in our sport. And I I still have a very, very, very close relationship with her. She is very maternal to me. Um, and so I've gotten to know her and just what it takes, I think, um, witnessing the amount of sacrifice she's had to make to not only be a coach, but be as successful as she has been. I can remember Emily thinking back to my senior year. Um, she was inducted into the, the softball hall of fame and it was the same day. Her induction was the same day that her youngest son was graduating and she had to make a decision on what event she had to go to, which would, which was, which event was she going to attend her own hall of fame induction or her youngest's gradu- high school graduation. Um, and that is just the tip of the iceberg of the, the sacrifice that I've witnessed her have to make. Um, she's so family-oriented, and she prioritizes that love and her faith. And 
her family connection, but uh, her success and her notoriety did not come without immense sacrifice. And when I witnessed that, I'm like, golly, um, I don't think I could survive it. And I, I tip my cap to her and I, God, I respect the hell out of her for it, but um, I don't think I could do it. And so that, that really was the last thought for me of coaching is that uh, I didn't want to have to sacrifice those things. And yeah. it, it takes a certain skill set. I mean, think of all the coaches that we've played for throughout the years. And like, there's so many different personalities and so many different styles of coaching, but it does take this, this level of passion for development and um, just a, a different journey than it is as a player. And I don't know that I, that I'm cut, cut out for it if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, I, I get you. And I, I'm so thankful for the women and men that make those sacrifices for, for us athletes to have an incredible journey and experience. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm cut out for it. Yeah. Um, and me neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what was one of your favorite moments while competing? Oh, I have so many, um, you know, while competing uh, on the field, I, I think about, Obviously, the national titles were very hard to top that. I mean, I bookended my career my freshman and senior year with two national championships. But a personal moment for me that I will always hold extremely close um, was my senior day. And my whole family was in Norman and we were playing Texas. And as you know, as an Oklahoman, uh, OU and Texas, huge rivals. And so my senior day and we we were down by a run or two runs I believe bottom of the seventh two outs full count I was up to bat home sold out crowd my whole family was there for my my Aaron Miller senior day and I hit a walk off walk off home run full count two outs in the bottom of the seventh and that was pretty epic that was very storybook I couldn't have scripted it any better with, with all my people and my loved ones in the stands, that's something I'll never forget. But I bet you would say the same thing. Like, I think most of my, my core memories weren't even on the field. I think about like locker room connection and, you know, going out on the weekends with your teammates and just the, the belly laughs on, on the bus when you're traveling, just the, the delirium of traveling all weekend and just the crazy shit that we would all do as teammates like that to me those are the the core memories that I hold very very close um and stuff that you know the inside jokes those will live on for for my whole life you know that's those are connections and friendships that I'll hold on to forever so that's the stuff that really sticks out to me yes and the walk-off is super special and (laughs) so glad that you mentioned the off the field stuff I was waiting for someone to mention that yeah I think that's so important um, just just in the whole the whole experience of being a student athlete, um, being able to play college sports with those experience and connections is the best thing ever. Yeah, I mean, there there are relationships that even gosh, I think of like the Shea Knightons and Sydney Romero's and the Paige Parkers, all, all the just phenoms that I played with, we don't talk every single day, but I guarantee you I could pick up the phone right now if I had an emergency or had, 
had something I needed to talk to them about, they would immediately pick up the phone and we would pick up right back where we left off. Like that, that is the stuff I hold so, so close. Yes. I, I love that. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's recently done playing a sport? Oh man, I could, I could really get on a soapbox here. Um, I think just giving yourself space and grace. Um, I was so, I was in such a rush to get it figured out. And I thought, damn, Aaron, like you have experienced so much success. You should, you should have it figured out. You should know what's next. And I, I applied a lot of pressure and I, I was, it was self-imposed. I felt like I was behind in the rat race when in fact I was just in my own divine timing and, I think my my biggest advice would be it's okay to breathe. It's okay to pause. It's okay to sit in silence. It's okay to slow down. Um, as an athlete, we're used to a, a high pace environment. And I just, I would tell an athlete that it's normal. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to feel antsy um, and like you're restless, but to lean into it and to to trust the timing and that um, you're not behind. You're, you're exactly where you need to be. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Spotify at Once an Athlete, Facebook at Once an Athlete Crew, and find our channel on YouTube, which is linked on the header of our website, www.onceanathlete.com.